Allah Ta'ala's favors and bounties upon us are innumerable, countless. <coughs> person can start trying to count the benefits of any one favor of Allah Ta'ala, but he can never do it. That if you try to count the favors of Allah Ta'ala, it is beyond any human being to try and do it. And the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the greatest favor. Among others, the greatest favor. This ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that was recited was revealed on the occasion when Nabi Wasallam was in Hajjatul Wada. And he was on the farewell pilgrimage, the last Hajj. And on that occasion, this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif is being revealed. الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَ Allah Ta'ala is saying to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to the entire ummah and mankind that today I have perfected for you your deen أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ and I have completed my favor upon you this bounty, this favor of deen. This is the greatest favor that Allah Ta'ala has blessed anybody with. It's Iman, it's Islam, it's deen. And وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَ I am pleased with Islam being your way of life, your deen. Deen in our minds often is a concept that is very confined. In our minds often deen is confined to maybe salah, if a person is performing his five times salah, then he has now, in our mind sometimes, has done everything that's required to be done about deen. Whereas five times salah is farz, it is obligation of every Muslim. It is the first thing that will be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. Any person cannot be obedient to Allah Ta'ala without the five daily salah in his life. Salah, if that salah is missing in a person's life, in the hadith Nabi Islam says, it's like a head, it's like a body without a head. So salah is the fundamental obligation of deen. But deen is not confined to salah. So deen is beyond that also. So together with the person's imam, that he has the correct imam, he has the correct beliefs, the correct aqaid, 
he is not harboring any kind of things in his heart which are against Iman itself. Sometimes while talking to a person in the process of it, he is questioning sometimes some fundamental beliefs. That I don't Nauzubillah believe that there can be anything like Azab in the Qabr. Or something like life after death, which are fundamental beliefs of a mu'min. Sometimes a person even starts questioning whether there's a thing like Jannah or Jahannam. So this obviously negates a person's Imam. Once some children were quarreling over something on ruler in one maktab or madrasa. And in that quarrel, two young children, 10, 11 years old. So one child called the other child a baboon. So when he called the other child a baboon, so that child responded very calmly and coolly and he said, so what? We all are from baboons. The Ustad overheard this, so he called him, he says, what's going on? So he says, well, he called me a baboon. So what you said? He said, I said, so what? Everybody, all of us are from baboons. So where you got this from? He said, no, the teacher told us in school. Now, a fundamental belief which Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ سُلَالَةٍ مِنْ طِينَ The entire creation of Adam A.S. Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif. How Allah Ta'ala created Adam A.S. from that sand and clay, and then Allah Ta'ala blew the soul into him, and this was the first human being that came into being. And then after Allah Ta'ala created as a Hawa and then the human race came. Now a person who believes that insan and human beings came from baboons, he is negating all these ayat of the Quran Sharif. Negating and rejecting all these ayats of the Quran Sharif. So what Iman can remain? So the first thing is that the Iman is in order. The correct beliefs and aqaid are in place person is not having any questions and doubts about what is in the Qur'an Sharif. And then together with that is our ibadat. So now deen starts off with the iman and imaniyash. And together with that is then ibadat. Ibadat, the first aspect of ibadat is salah. And then the month of Ramadan comes, a person fasts. If zakat is due upon him, then he's calculating that zakat correctly and properly. Not an estimation. Well, perhaps it might be so much. Because in the estimation, Allah forbid, if he has short pay, then that short payment that will remain liable on him. And when zakat is not discharged, then Allah forbid that zakat affects the rest of the wealth. Zakat is the security of a person's wealth. When zakat is discharged correctly, calculated correctly, and given to the people who are eligible, who are entitled to receive the zakat, then it's discharged. Then that becomes the security of a person's wealth. <coughs> so, his zakat is fulfilling. If hajj is compulsory upon a person, he's performing the hajj. If a person has the means to perform hajj, then he should be performing his hajj. In the hadith, Nabi says that the person upon whom Hajj has become compulsory, he had the means and he still failed to perform the Hajj. And there was no reason, no obstacle, no real valid reason for not performing the Hajj. 
دل فین شاہ مات یہودین او مات نصرانین او کما قال النبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اف ہی وشز دی لیٹ ہم ڈائی ایز اے جو اور ا کرسچن دس از ہاؤ سیریس اینڈ سیویر دی ایشو ایز دیٹ ا پرسن اپون ہوم ہیڈ واز فرض اینڈ دیٹ ایبلٹی واز دیر دیر واز نو ویلڈ شریعی ریزن اینڈ ہی ڈی پرفارم اٹ سو دیز ار آل دی فنڈامنٹلز اف پرز اف اسلام So deen includes all these pillars of Islam. So he has his Imam right, his Imaniyat right, and he has his Ibadat in place. His Salah is in place. Salah, not just performing the Salah, but performing it correctly. Performing it with regularity. In the Quran Sharif, in the entire Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about Iqamati Salah, wa aqimu Salah, alladheena yuqimuna Salah. Those who establish Salah in their lives. Establishing Salah is not just performing it haphazardly, but fulfilling all the rights of that Salah. Performing it in the correct way. The Ruku, the Sajda, the Qawma, the Jalsa, the postures all done calmly, properly. Reciting the Quran Sharif correctly. So this, all this is part of Deen. And this is the first part of, the most fundamental parts of Deen. But then Deen doesn't finish off of this. If a person has performed his salah, he's performing his salah regularly, he's giving his zakat, he's performed his hajj, every month Ramadan comes, he's fasting, then often that is where our deen finishes off. And if we are doing that, we feel we have fulfilled every responsibility of deen. And we are super Muslims. Whereas deen is beyond this also. Deen has more to it. together with Imam and Ibadat, then there's a third branch of Deen, a very important branch of Deen, known as Mu'asharat, social life. How does a person learn as a human being? He's an insan, he's a human being, and as they say, no man is an island. We don't live alone somewhere, in the top of some mountain. But we live in communities, we live as part of a family. A person lives as a husband, he lives as a son, as a father, as a brother, as a person part of the community. So how does he live with people? There are numerous ayat in the Quran Sharif that deal with this in detail. That deal with the command of how to live with one's neighbor. وَالْجَارِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْجَارِ الْجُنُبْ وَالْسَاحِبِ بِالْجَمْبِ What is Sabeel? Allah Ta'ala speaks about the rights of the neighbor who is immediately next to you. The neighbor who is a relative, he has a double right. The person who is merely a traveling companion of this Mu'asharat, that he has a right also. What is Sabeel? The person who is traveling, he's got a right. How does a person look as a husband? وَعَاشِرُوا هُرْنَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Allah Ta'ala says, treat your wives with kindness. In the Qur'an Sharif, the Qur'an Sharif is a very concise book. There are thousands of ahadith. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, he knew one million ahadith by heart. Imam Abu Zur'a Razi, 600,000 ahadith he knew by heart. All these hundreds of thousands of ahadith, these are the commentary of the Qur'an Sharif. All the details are in the ahadith. And then the fuqaha extracted all the details and they condensed it, codified it, they made it into an understandable thing for us. 
and they presented it in the form of fiqh. Same thing from the Quran and Hadith. So in any case, the Quran Sharif is a very concise book of principles, very concise. But in this concise book, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the command of Salah hundreds of times. But the details of Salah in the Ahadith. How many rakats in Fajr? How many in Zuhar? How many in Asr? What to recite in each rakat? What to recite in Tashahud? What is the time of Salah? All this is in the Hadith Sharif. But in this concise book, Allah Ta'ala goes into details of Mu'asharat. Social life. The rights of the relatives. Fi The right of somebody who is a beggar. So, in this concise book, Allah Ta'ala has mentioned all these details of how to look after one's wife also. Whereas all the other details are in the hadith. But in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about how to look after the wife. That treat them kindly in the world. Perhaps you might dislike something in her. Allah Ta'ala is saying, maybe you dislike something in the very thing Allah Ta'ala puts good for you. Allah Ta'ala has put maybe much good for you in the same thing. So, how does a person live as a husband? Allah Ta'ala is talking about it in the Quran Sharif. This is part of Mu'asharat. How does he live with his parents? Allah has decreed that you worship Allah alone. And then together with that, in the same ayat, Allah immediately says, Worship Allah alone. Treat your parents with kindness. If they reach old age, elderly, age now, Somebody becomes sometimes maybe senile, maybe becomes irritable, maybe the person now is not very uh, easy to come, go along with. Allah is saying, even in that condition, don't even say uff to them. If there was a word that could express irritation, in the Arabic language, something to express irritation, smaller than the word uff, the Quran Sharif would have used that word. Now this is Mu'ashara, this is Deen. In the ayat where we recited, Al-Yawma Akbaltu Lakum Deenakum. Allah Ta'ala says, I have perfected your Deen for you, and I have completed my favor. This is part of the Deen. And a very, very fundamental part of Deen. How does a person treat his parents? وَخْفِدْ لَهُمَا جَنَاحَ الْذُلِّ مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ Allah Ta'ala says, completely humble yourself in front of them. And make dua for them all the time. Ya Allah, have mercy on them as they had mercy on me when I was a little child, little baby. Couldn't do anything for myself. I couldn't feed myself, I couldn't clean myself. And they did everything. Ya Allah, now you have mercy on them. How to treat his parents, the Quran Sharif is teaching. This is part of deen. This is part of that same Islam. So Islam, fundamental part of Islam is salah. But doesn't finish up there. This aspect of Masharat. How does the husband treat the wife? How does the wife treat the husband? How do the parents treat the children? They have rights also. And if sometimes we overstep the bounds, we could be guilty of Zulm also. 
How does the children treat the parents? All this is part of the One person came to Rasulullah and he says that I want to go out in jihad. Nabi Islam asked him and he expresses that I left my mother crying and came. Nabi Islam says you go back and just as you gave her grief, now you go and make her happy. This is all deen. But unfortunately, the western lifestyle, the more it creeps in within us, then we find that the same kind of way of life that they have led and have adopted, after a certain age, everybody is their own boss. And everything else is just by the way. So that child now has grown, gone past a certain age, he's 20 years old, 25 years old, uh, he must live his own life. And maybe some Mother's Day or some Father's Day he'll find him there to come and maybe greet his parents and give them one little gift and then forget about them the rest of the year. And in Deen, every day is Mother's Day. And every day is Father's Day. Because every day a person is making the khidmat, making dua for his parents. So Deen is something else. It's not the Western lifestyle. So this is part of Deen. And then together with this, there's another branch of Deen. This was Mu'asharat, how we deal with people. How we deal with our neighbors, with our friends, with our relatives, our parents, our children. Then there's another branch of Deen. Deen is not finished on this also. The Deen continues with the branch of which is known as Mu'abalat. Our monetary dealings, dealing with one another in terms of money, transactions, business, hiring somebody, how does the employer deal with the employee? How does the employee deal with the amanat of the employer? How does a person do business transactions? Is he fair? Is he just? Is he honest? How does he deal with the customer? How does the customer deal with the person he's buying from? All this is deen. And there are such important aspects in this that in the hadith it becomes that on the day of Qiyamah Nabi Islam asked the Sahaba muflis? Do you know who is a muflis? Who is a bankrupt person? So the Sahaba replied according to what they thought was the question being referred to So they said muflis that a muflis, a bankrupt person, according to our understanding, is somebody who's got no possessions, no wealth, doesn't own anything. So Nabi Islam said, I'm not referring to that. That is understood. That is dunya only. Dunya is a very short place, very small place, very temporary life. I'm talking about a real bankrupt person. Inna al-muflisam the muflis and the bankrupt person of my ummah is a person who will come on the day of Qiyamah. How he will come? He will come with a salah to his credit. MashaAllah, he has to perform salah obviously. But over and above the first salah, he was making a lot of nafil salah also. And he was keeping a lot of nafil fast over and above the first also. And he gave zakat and charity and hajj and umrah. And a lot of good deeds, mashallah, it's excellent. The more a person does, the better. 
But he was very negligent in terms of mu'amalat. Negligent in terms of mu'asharat. <coughs> how he dealt with people. How he treated his wife. How he treated his parents. How he treated his children. How he treated his neighbor. Was he honest and just in his dealings? Did he pay everybody whatever their due is? <coughs> whether it was a business issue, whether it was a loan or a debt, whether it was inheritance, did he pay everybody their due? Now if that didn't happen, the Beast says, He comes in this condition that he has swallowed somebody. And he didn't settle that in the dunya, he didn't gain forgiveness of the person. He slandered somebody, made a false accusation. He ate up somebody's wealth. He killed somebody, hit somebody wrongly. Now on the one side, now this is the time for weighing. On the day of Qiyamat, all the Hisab Kitab will happen. The debits and credits. So now all these people who he had harmed in the dunya, all of them will come and now claim, this person did this to me. I want to be compensated. I want to be given back some compens compensation for this. On that day, on the day of Qiyamat, there are no rands and cents, there's no dollars and pounds, there's nothing. What is there? The only thing that is there is amal. What amal a person brought and gave? So now the payment will be made by means of amal. So now one person came, this person saw at me, okay, you take away so many salah of his. This person, he hit me wrongly, okay, you take away his whole hajj. This person, he usurped my wealth, it comes in the hadith, one dirham, like a few rands, 700 accepted salah we give him. So now this person is dishing out all his good deeds, all his rewards. Now the rewards all got finished, empty, and still the line is not over. <coughs> so now, okay, what happened to you? This is what he did to me. Okay, you take your sins and put it on his head. Nabi Islam says that now as the sins of others are piling on his head, all his rewards and sawab is all dished out. Why? Because he neglected the mu'amalat. He neglected the mu'asharat. So as a result, he lost all the good he brought. And then he goes in the fire of Jahannam Allah Ta'ala save us. So this is also deen and a very very fundamental and important part of deen. That our mu'amalat also in order. Our mu'asharat is in order. And then a very very important branch of deen known as akhlaq. In this aspect of mu'amalat together with the rights of people doing that mu'amalat correctly also. In the way that Allah Ta'ala's rights are not trampled as well. That a person is doing that mu'amalat, that business, that whatever dealings in a halal way. He's conscious of what is halal, what is haram. One sahabi had taken his whole life savings, whatever he had earned, and he went with it all the way to Sham, to Syria. What he went to do, he went to buy a whole consignment of alcohol. Because it hadn't been haram yet, it was permissible, because the ayat came gradually. So he bought his whole consignment of this alcohol. And before he could return, in Madinah Munawwara, the ayat of the Quran Sharif is revealed. 
يا ايها الذين امنوا انما الخمر والميسر والانصار والاسلام رجس من عمل الشيطان فاجتنبوا all the storms of gambling and all these intoxicants all this is it is rich it is filth quran sharif uses, uses the word rich something najis something totally filth min amali shaitan and this all the handy work of shaitan via the gambling via the intoxicants this is shaitan's way of destroying the person in dunya and akhirah so first the nibu when allah revealed the ayat of the quran sharif totally refrain from this this person didn't know this ayat was revealed and he's returning now with his whole consignment as he's still on the outskirts outside Madinah Munawara somebody sees him coming they ask him do you know what ayat was revealed? say what ayat was revealed? he says this ayat of the Quran Shari so he leaves everything there he comes into Madinah Munawara and he comes to Rasulullah and he says that I left with my whole life savings and I went and bought this I didn't know that it was haram he didn't then ask how can I make, how can you make a plan for me? What he asked is that what is the what can I do about how do I overcome or what, what is your command? What is your command with regards to what should I do? Allah the beast now tries to him and says to him that what you should simply do is that destroy it. Because this is something that it is the command of Allah Ta'ala is something that for you to destroy so he goes from there and as he comes he comes to where his whole consignment was kept his whole life savings are there and he destroys everything no questions asked because this was a command of Allah Ta'ala it has to be done so what was the lesson in this? that the success was in the command of Allah Ta'ala in fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala this is where the success was. Whatever else, my whole life savings I did, I didn't know it was haram yet. All these things on the one side, doesn't matter. Allah Ta'ala's command cannot get broken. And in that Allah Ta'ala gave them success. So this Muhammad And then the last branch of deen, which is known as akhlaq. This too is a fundamental branch of deen. That a person's character, in the Hadith Sharif, the Prophet says, the weightiest thing, the heaviest thing in the scales of good deeds of a person on the day of Qiyamah is good akhlaq. Good akhlaq. How does a person, what character he gives off? That compassion, that kindness, that forgiveness, that sabr, all the other righteous qualities. That, that character that is required that has been taught to us in the Quran Sharif has been taught to us in the hadith by Rasulullah. So, this character is such a great thing, Nabi says, it is the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds of a person. Now, this tree is part of deen, it's bringing the greatest weight. In one hadith, Nabi says that Akmalul Mu'minina Imanan, Ahsanuhum Khuluqan. The mu'min with the most perfect iman. Now everything contributes to it. A person builds a house, so he's got the bricks, he's got the roof, he's got the, the wall standing, the floor is there. But that house is still not complete. He'll still plaster it. Without the plaster too, he can still live in it. 
But then after plastering it, he'll paint it also. And then he wants to make it look very good. So without that painting, without that plaster, without that, all the trimmings, that house looks very incomplete. And he feels very, very unhappy to keep it like that. The quicker he can get it sorted out, he does it. Likewise, the finishing of Iman is akhlaq. Without this akhlaq, the adornment of a mu'min is missing. And it was the sword of akhlaq that brought people into Iman. The entire nations came into Iman with the akhlaq of those who went there. So akhlaq is what is the very great thing that we have to bring to our lives. So this is deen. Deen deals with every facet of life. How we perform our salah, how we deal, how we conduct ourselves in our homes, what kind of akhlaq we show to others, all this put together is deen. And all this will count on the day of Qiyamah. But just as everything else has to be learned, we have to learn this deen. We have to bring this reality of deen in our lives, we have to teach it to others also. We have to learn it ourselves, pass it on to our families, to our friends, our neighbors, our community and everybody. And in order to bring this deen alive within us and within everybody, are all the efforts of deen. The work of da'wat and tabligh that takes place for the same purpose. How this whole deen can come alive in our lives, in everybody's lives. The work of islah and tazkiyah, how all these evils of the heart, this jealousy, this malice, this pride, the arrogance, the miserliness, the love of the dunya, and the love for the ego, the love for fame, all the other evils. How can the heart get cleaned out of all this? How can the love of Allah Ta'ala come? How can ikhlas and sincerity be created? How can the love of Rasulullah come? How can a person make the following of Rasulullah the greatest object of his life? Everything else aside, he wants to know what did Nabi Islam do? How did he do it? What are the guidance that Nabi Islam gave regarding nikah? I would have my nikah like that. What is the guidance Nabi Islam gave regarding a funeral? The funeral will be like that. How did Nabi Islam live his day? How he spent his night. So how will this come when this Islam and Tazkiyah takes place? So this is, all these efforts of deen are to bring this deen alive. So we have to become part of all this. We have to become part of this aspect of Dawat and Tabligh for our own benefit, to keep this Iman alive and increasing. And for our families, this Islam and Tazkiyah to rectify ourselves, correct our lives. For this, Alhamdulillah, on the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, is Islai Jalsa in Pochepston, not far off from us. We should be part of that, try and be present, try and learn the lessons of how to rectify ourselves. How should we clean this heart? This is a thing to clean most. Every person likes his house to be very, very clean, very, very beautiful, attractive. He likes his car to be clean. He likes his clothing to be clean. Allah Ta'ala likes our hearts to be clean also. <coughs> Allah Ta'ala sees our hearts. Allah Ta'ala sees what's in there. Allah Ta'ala sees the deception of the eye and what the hearts conceal. What is hidden inside there? Is it clean? Is it pure? Or is it some filth? Allah Ta'ala sees all this. Allah Ta'ala wants to see a clean heart. Allah Ta'ala wants to see a heart that is free of malice, that is free of jealousy, that is filled with his muhabbat. 
that is filled with the love of deen. So all this comes by being in the environments of deen, by listening to the talks of deen, by making an effort for deen. Then this whole deen comes alive. Otherwise a person will pick and choose certain parts of deen and feel well everything is done. So we have to bring the whole of deen alive. Every part of deen, whether it's our ibadat, our mu'amlat, our mu'asharat, our akhlaq, everything the way that Allah tabarak wa ta'ala has commanded, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught us, May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.